Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here on, was it Monday, the 28th of September. And yes, having some camera issues, new setup here, as you can see, in uh, a, a new location this week and also running off the old mobile phones hopefully we don't have any connection connection issues um this evening as i say running solo at the moment for the driving wall show um and so uh, uh hi i'm paul um the guy behind uh, new zealand sports radio um and thank you very much for joining me so as it, as i'm on my own um if you have any questions then please do put them in the live chat uh, always happy to um, take your questions uh, and answer them. Some of the things we'll be having a quick chat about, um, European Champions Cup. Um, we'll also talk about the um, South Super Rugby returning in, or rugby returning in South Africa. Um, and um, perhaps some things around the uh, Mida 10 Cup uh, and Farrah Palmer Cup as well. Um, so kicking off then, um, and uh, yeah, we are going to have a brand new winner of the European Champions Cup um, or European Heineken, Heineken European Champions Cup, whatever it's called uh, nowadays, um, with Racing 92 and Exeter Chiefs making the final. Racing beating Saracens and Exeter Chiefs um, getting past Toulouse. Um, also, I've not seen either of these games, um, not, uh, but um, uh, yeah, it's going to be cool to see a new name on the trophy it shows a bit of changing of the guard um, as well uh, you've got to say um saracens uh, obviously because of their salary cap breaches and changing of their um uh, of their salaries it's the end of an era for them too long the other people have won this competition recent um over the recent years it's been what between too long um saracens and leinster the only three teams have won it for the past sort of nine years or something um Obviously, not the force they used to be. Uh, Leinster still there, and they're going to be around again next year. Um, but um, it's good to see um, that we have a, uh, as I say, some new names um, on there. Um, cool set, Paul. Well, yes, this is the new um, uh, broadcasting from Waihi um, um, this week. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, I've just uh, 
purchased a property here. Um, we'll be doing it up for bed and breakfast to earn some sort of income. Uh, and we'll be uh, you know, moving out here at uh, sort of the beginning of November um, timeframe, but I'm here this week um, in the property. I'm saying I'm not, uh, didn't see any of the European Champions Cup games, so that's uh, kind of where it's at. Uh, do let us know your thoughts um, in the uh, in in the um, uh, the, uh, the the live chat. Um, the uh, it is interesting um, the that uh, Exeter Chiefs um, have come through now. Uh, you, they were everyone's favourite team. Um, when they came up, the uh, the underdog, the new, the the, the, the uh, unfashionable team, the team that uh, came through, um, the members, the only members-owned club in the Premiership, um, their utterances, utterances recent uh, over the past couple of years have kind of um, uh, diminished, uh, have sort of pushed them down. They're not uh, the uh, the sort of favourite team anymore. You got to say they're the most vocal um, against Saracens, which is fine, but because obviously they are. Uh, um, lost out of Saracens in a couple of finals, but uh, having the minute silence from Maggie Thatcher and bringing Pell's politics into sport didn't help. Um, they've become vocal about wanting ring fencing in the Premiership uh, when they're kind of a, a relatively newly promoted side, uh, and also um, being totally insensitive to the um, their name or, or the branding and the, their name, um, the branding around their name um, as well. And their logo, uh, uh, how it uh, uh, has really uh, sort of knocked them down from being that um, uh, that everyone's favourite second team in the Premiership, unfortunately. Um, and you, you'd hope that they'll, uh, you can't see it happening with Tony Rowe there, unfortunately, but you'd hope they would um, uh, become more cognizant of that and and change. And I think um, the with Tony Rowe basically managing the main sponsor, um, they're not going to necessarily have the same commercial pressures that other clubs in their situation would do to uh, to look to relook at their branding uh, and at their name. So shame um, that so it's unlikely that that would get uh, get looked at. They are my team, uh, but I do um, I do have a couple of extra Chiefs jerseys, but I do wonder whether I can actually wear them um, with that branding on. So um, so it's um, uh, so yeah, we'll see how that um, uh, how how that uh, how that progresses over the future years. We also had the return of, of rugby in South Africa and the Super Rugby double header um, with the Bulls beating the Sharks 49-28. Um, and and uh, that could have been an awful lot worse um, than it was. It was 35-0 after 32 minutes. Um, uh, and then uh, uh, it sort of evened itself out after that kind of point. But wow, um, real statement there from uh, Jake White's team. Um, and the balls uh, to show that yes, that they're uh, on the uh, the improve, um, which is um, going to see how that uh, um, it's interesting to see how they go in the Curry Cup um, and the Super Rugby unlocked. In the second game, we saw the Lions take on the Stormers twenty-one to um, thirty-four uh, in that one. I think perhaps a bit more cagey fair, um, a bit more um, kicking um, in. Um, that one. Um, and uh, yeah, Simon, good to see there that um, so you could just see the happiness in their faces that uh, they're playing rugby again. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's great to see it's back. 
um, there. I've not heard or seen anything around the green and gold um, schoolyard selections yet. Um, really looking forward to see how that uh, pans out. And it'll be interesting to see how the, how the two coaches um, go about choosing um, their sides. Uh, and show I've not got some, anyone on with me as to how, how would you approach it? Would, would you be going, you know what, I need a, a guy to lead me around the pitch? Um, or would you be looking at going, okay, look, scarcity of locks, get in there, get the locks first. Do you pick the uh, you, do you, do you pick locks the first three rounds um, and deny the opposition to have any decent locks? Um, or do you, do you target one of those areas to try and sort of corner the market in one position? Um, or do you uh, uh, or do, do you kind of get your early early spots and spread them through the spine of the team? Um, some beautiful tactics there that could be played out um, around how you go about selecting um, a side in a sort of school ground um, situation. Obviously, way back when when we were in the school ground uh, um, school grounds, you just basically picked the best players. And then you figured out a team after that um, at the end of the day. But um, it's a bit different uh, now with this um, uh, with this sort of uh, sort of side. Um, so those are the kind of the main talking points, uh, I think, from Europe uh, and from um, uh, and from um, South Africa. Um, I guess the other talking point around Europe is just how. Uh, it just shows how disjointed um, rugby is, all right? You've got three competitions that all supply teams to the European Champions Cup, and all three um, have taken different approaches in how they finished off last season or finished off or planned last season and how they start next season. You had the French, they cancelled, said, right, yeah, that's it, it's finished, and we're just going to start afresh. Um, and they started their season sort of first. Um, you had the Pro 14 that went, okay, um, we'll just play some local derbies because they're the safer ones to play, obviously being a cross-country competition, and then go into some quick shortened finals, um, uh, get it out of the way. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, basically, I think this is current weekend, they kick off the next season. And then you've got the Gallagher Premiership, which is going, we're going to play out the rest of that season. We ain't, um, uh, and we're going to complete every single game playing midweek, playing not mid, um, midweek games to fit them in. Um, any idea of playing welfare straight out the window. Um, madness um, by then on that one. And there you go. So this, that disjointed thing, that disjointedness of rugby union is sort of really being shown in all its glory um, there. And the fact that you've got those three three sides, I mean, the Gallagher, um, both the Pro 14 and the um, Top 14, will have started their seasons before the European Champions Cup finished and before um, the Gallagher Premiership finishes. Um, and it's just a total mess. Um, as a casual fan, would you know what's going on? Absolutely not. You wouldn't have a clue. Um, and, uh, and if we're trying to grow the sport and try and encourage new fans, um, having this totally uh, disjointed approach to it all um, is just... Um, uh, um, is just nuts. Um, so I say that France legally um, have to cancel the top four teams because the government ordered it. Um, I think the it was more that they that, uh, that they weren't allowed to play any more games. Um, 
if they had said, hey, we're going to play uh, or de delay them by six months, I'm not sure if the French government would have complained and will we'll be upset about that. But um, it does seem to have been the best approach um, out of the three, I think, um, of it. But there you go. That's just a personal um, opinion there. But really, yeah, it's just, uh, just an absolute mess up there. Um, Simon brings up the point that um, the Asian Dragons have pulled um, out of uh, joining um, Super Rugby. Uh, yeah, they always said that they weren't looking at doing 2020. They weren't interested in that. They always said they were looking at 2021. Um, and I think they're still in it for 2021. So the Asia, um, the, um, the Asia um, Pacific Dragons, um, based out of Singapore, um, still in it for 2021. If um, there is a space, who knows what structure we're looking at? Um, it's looking that far ahead. But um, yeah, we've still got the um, three different bids, the one from Hawaii, um, the one involving counties, and the one involving um, uh, Bay of Plenty with um, with with the China lines there. Uh, so there's still three options plus the um, uh, there've been talks with with the Western Force with Twiggy Forrester. Um, now him coming in as a sixth team would be an absolute disaster um, for for cross Tasman relations. And let's be honest, those relations are at an all time low. Um, as it is, or well, actually, someone quoted tell me historically they've been even lower, but they are at a real low point between Australia and New Zealand in the rugby. Um, and that is, uh, yeah, that's. I really would uh, think that talking with Twiggy um, uh, to be that sixth team would be a really, uh, yeah, a poor move politically um, from my point of view. Um, clearly, we don't get to see all of what's going on in those um, discussions. Uh, but what we've seen in public um, has not been good between um, the uh, the two sides. Um, and I think actually probably that all probably happened uh, since this last show. It's amazing, isn't it, how long a week should be. So we've had um, Sanzar come out and announce when the um, rugby championship will be, uh, or, or maybe. <laughs> but that does mean that um, the last game would mean that uh, the New Zealand players could not get home to New Zealand, quarantine for 14 days and be with their families by Christmas. Um, they would have to wait um, until uh, the weekend. Um, and that's caused an awful lot of controversy. Uh, and uh, joining me is um, Stephen Harris. Um, how are you doing, sir? Uh, yeah, not too bad, Paul. I do apologise, but late to the uh, show tonight. But once again, always a privilege and a pleasure to be on the show. You see, this is daylight savings. It's 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 thrown everybody. Um, you, 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 you're totally you're totally forgiven, sir. No worries at all. So yes, um, why can't we just stick with one time throughout the year uh, and keep it nice and simple? Moving these clocks around forwards and backwards, just too confusing. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> I've got, I'm, I'm even having a coffee, and it's what quarter past eight at night. Crazy. Yeah, uh, that is crazy. I am, I'm on my second beer. Um, definitely the way the way to go um so yeah coming off on uh, europe and south africa but if you've got any other comments on on those areas we can happy to go back and talk about them uh, but um i just think that actually that the the sanzar news about the championship happened this week um that seems like an absolute age ago <laughs> but i think it was wednesday last week that it happened mm -hmm. um, where sanzar came out they announced some dates um 
New Zealand rugby then said, we haven't agreed to those dates, we haven't signed off on them. Australia came back and said, you, you were around the table when we said, uh, let's have a five-week tournament rather than a six-week tournament. And everyone said, no. Um, so you were there at the discussions. Um, and they're saying, no, we weren't. Yes, we were. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, just a bit of a mess, really, Steve, isn't it? And uh, you're not quite sure who who to believe and, and what, what has actually been said behind closed doors. Yeah, you, you would have thought somewhere in there dates were mentioned. Okay, we're having a six-week tournament. Yes, that's correct. But A, when does it start and when does it finish? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there is that as well. That's true. Um, so I, I think the one thing this does tell us, though, is that communication between um, Australia and New Zealand is uh, at probably one of its lowest ebbs. You, you might remember a time when it's been worse. Um, but I, but um, it does seem to be at uh, they, they don't, yeah. So this is one of the one of the lowest. There's lowest time I can remember the communication between these two, uh, between these two two countries. Paul, I think you'd have to go back to uh, pre 2003 Rugby World Cup shearing rights in Australia when um, David David McCullum or McCaw, um, McCaw, not Richie McCaw, but um, forget the guy's name, McCaw and uh, Rutherford were in charge of, of New Zealand rugby. And that just turned out to be a shambles. They couldn't find any middle ground. And at the end of the day, they actually lost that, that co-hosting rights uh, back in 2003. Now, that all happened uh, pre-2003, obviously, the World Cup. But uh, I think you are right. They're very, very low at the moment, I mean to say. You know, we really, we really need the Australians in in our game at the moment. It's um, I think it all started earlier the year when they couldn't really agree on a, a super super rugby format, uh, Paul. And I think it's just continued continued over over from there. And it it almost seems like uh, they're just going out of their way to get it get it, get in each other's uh, get up each other's nose. I mean, obviously, we've had a number of regime changes in Australia over the last. Well, it seems like the last two weeks. Um, but, over the, um, but to me, we've got a new CEO um, in New Zealand rugby. Um, I just don't believe we would just, you, you, I wouldn't imagine you'd, you'd hear this kind of stuff if Steve Chu had been in charge. I, I was, wasn't always a big fan of Steve Chu, I'll be blunt. Um, uh, but, um, but he didn't, and, but uh, just about every single um, discussion or negotiations he was involved with happened behind closed doors and he came out with an answer. It wasn't dealt with in public. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, this, with, with, the, with the new um, Mark Richards, Mark Richardson, um, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, he seems to have a different style to Steve Chu. I think that might be part of the, uh, part of what, it, what, what this is. We're seeing a different, yeah, this is the new, the new regime folks. This is how things are going to be done going forward. Yeah, Mark Robinson, he's, um, he's definitely taking a, a softly, softly approach at, at, the, at the minute, probably just trying to appease all, all the parties, but um, I'm just wondering what sort of advice he's getting at the minute. Hmm. So, folks, um, at the moment, we've got uh, two of Bledisloe Cup games coming up. Uh, oh, yeah, there was also discussions about that as well um, until there was changes to the quarantine rules um, to allow the Australian team to um, to, uh, to to practice um, whilst in quarantine. Um, the 
good side about that is that um, I believe that we've got some Farrah Palmer, well, at least the for the Auckland game, I believe it is, I think the Farrah Palmer Cup game is a um, uh, is part of the double header or, or the warm-up game for the Bledisloe Cup of uh, Eden Park. So that'll be good um, to give the ladies uh, a, a bigger crowd, a bit more exposure. Um, the uh, for, for, for that one, I can't remember who Auckland are playing. Um, but hey, international rugby folks is nearly back, um, and uh, they did seem to manage to eventually come to an agreement on that one. But again, that one happened. That one had to be um, fought out or discussed in the public arena as well to get to manage to get themselves to a uh, to an agreement as to how that could happen. Um, the Jordan Clark here, yeah, interesting one there. Um, the Christmas problem could easily be resolved by taking backup players. Um, who are willing to play the final test. Ah, interesting one. Um, they're already talking about taking an extra 11 players on top of the um, 35, I think it is, in the All Black squad. Um, so, yes, I think there could be some players who might not even see any game time um, going over there, which would be a shame. You'd, think, you'd hope that everyone who does go gets at least um, one game under their belt during those six games. Yeah. Paul, I've got to just quickly buzz in there. Um, once again, to take an extra... 11 players and, and maybe not even use a lot of those players. Once again, you're compromising the the Mitre 10 Cup, Paul. And if we think right back to the beginning of the season, uh, when the McKinsey report came and came out, there was a lot of talk in and around engagement. So all I can say is, here we go again. I don't know if our viewers um, agree with me, but listen, I'm really enjoying the Mitre 10 Cup. I've enjoyed those first two rounds with the All Blacks in. Obviously, it's... Uh, some teams were lucky enough to have their All Blacks uh, for the rounds on on the weekend, and I would suggest it showed. But once again, they they compromised this this local competition, which everybody loves. Yeah, I, look, I agree that they're, look, they've only got five props in the original squad, so I understand they need to take extra props, right, to cover any any injuries. But I do think in other positions you've got ample cover already. So, for example. Do you need to take a third fly half if you've got Richard Mwanga, Bowden Barrett, Dane McKenzie, Jordy Barrett, TJ Piranara, um, all there who can all play in that position? Um, so, yeah, I, um, I, I, I do think they need some extra players um, out on top of that 35, but I think purely uh, in the front row. Uh, or, or, and we've got, we've got three hookers in there, I think. Have we? Um, or is there only two? Yeah, three in there. Taylor and Amur, yeah. Yeah. So you could probably, again, survive with that. Um, and that's, uh, look, if one of them gets injured, you fly someone over. And, okay, he can't play the first game, but he, he can do 14 days quarantine and then join in and join the squad. Um, so I think um, that, uh, yeah, I don't think they need all 11, but I do think they do need some prop cover to go with them. I think five is not enough um, for, uh, but for, for for that. Um, but, again, it's a balancing act, isn't it? Um, but we'll... Um, but we don't seem to be seeing that. We seem to be seeing, we don't seem to see this balancing act. We seem to be seeing a, this is what's important and everything else will be, will we'll take second, third, or even fourth fiddle to that um, end of story um, kind of side of things. Um, talking about taking second fiddle, um, one of the ones that blew up on social media, um, or at least on Facebook, um, was that some of the Farrah Palmer Cup games got taken off Sky to play first 15 games. 
Um, now, which, uh, which, which, which to me seems a, uh, a little bit crazy. Um, do the first 15 games have a bigger audience than the Farrah Palmer Cup? Very probably. Um, but that's because it's had um, media investment by, by Sky building that audience over several years. Um, and, we, and there's lots of talk, especially this year, around, um, but, but, but has been over the last couple of years, around the over-professionalization of schoolboy rugby. Um, and to see, uh, yeah, so so by putting it on TV ahead of Farrah Palmer Cup games, taking Farrah Palmer Cup, game, Farrah Palmer Cup games off, uh, yeah, I'm definitely not comfortable um, with that, uh, with, 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 with those choices um, Paul, as well. Paul, the irony, the irony of it, uh, probably the best game of the weekend was non, non-televised and they had to uh, rely on an English uh, commentator from what I what I understand, updating, <laughs> updating, the, updating the scores. But um, also I, I did look for a live stream on that, so I'm not too sure if Counties Monaco actually live streamed that. I couldn't couldn't seem to find the uh, stream for that game, but that turned out, you know, that, that, was, that game was always on the cards. That would be the game of the round, and, and so it turned out, Paul. So, so really, dis- um, really disappointing. I was at that game. Um, so, yes, they did start um, uh, live streaming um, that game. Um, and um, I've had a few chats with them. I had a, few, a chat with them afterwards um, explaining some of the technical issues as to why it might have dropped out for the last about 15, 20 minutes, I think it was. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I've discussed that with them and suggested some, some alterations um, as to how they can improve things uh, in future um, or including offering to do some uh, commentary form if they want um, for that because it was definitely it was un- it had sound but it was uncommentated was the um, uh, was the stream and yes I did get onto the uh, the Farrah Palmer Cup fan page um, and uh, because I was sat in the media box and I just, I, I did a, t- a typed commentary um, of the last was 10, 10 or so 10 or so minutes of that game um, uh, for that one so yes so it's um uh yeah uh, <laughs> there's so um there's a lot of uh, around the um the streaming and there's been a lot of talk about the different levels of streaming between the different provinces um rugby new, uh, new zealand rugby does provides from what i can tell zero guidance or zero help or, or around providing those live streams so all those live streams are done um, purely on a pretty much on a goodwill, or actually yes, on a goodwill basis, by people around the club. So, um, if you go over to the Bay of Plenty one and you have oh, something Gecko Productions doing it for you, on blank as their, their name, um, then you're going to get a multi-camera stream with a commentator. Um, with good graphics, um, with a team of one, two, three, uh, about seven or eight people doing it. Um, if you do it at Bay of Plenty, where they have not got a independent production house doing it pretty much for free, um, then you end up with one person on a camera that they use for taking their, um, doing their high performance or video analysis um, and try streaming it through that. The levels are massively different. Um, but it's purely down to who is basically offering their time and offering for free uh, their time, skills, and equipment for free to do it. There is no, I say, as far as I can tell, there's nothing from New Zealand rugby saying 
If you want to live stream a game, you should have a camera of this quality. You need to have an Ethernet cable link to do um, this. If you want to do multi-camera, you're going to need this equipment. None of that kind of stuff, as far as I can tell, has been given to the provinces. And to be blunt, some of the provinces just, yeah, it's a brand new thing for them. They just don't have the experience and knowledge, the knowledge to do it properly. Um, yep. You saw that, Stephen? Yep, yep. No, I'm still there. Just just tuning in, just looking in a couple of the comments. Simon Hughes says he can remember, can't remember the name, but apparently there was a very good stream from the uh, Bay of Plenty Taranaki match. Yep, there um, was. Oh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's something Gecko Productions from memory. Um, I had a chat with them um, at the game. Uh, and, yeah, again, they've been around for like six to eight weeks, purely stood up because they spotted there was a need for streaming of local sport. Um, and hence they're doing it um, over there in, in, um, in Tauranga. Um, so great for them to do so. But um, as I say, they didn't exist two months ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and this, so yeah, it's an as-need um, sort of, uh, basis. Um, where should we go next? Um, Someone's saying, yeah, what, what, why were the All Blacks withdrawn in three weeks to the uh, to the first test? Um, my guess is this to have some family time because um, it's probably going to be the last weekend they have family time before uh, they get sort of fully into the All Blacks bubble. And, we, and they, uh, they don't see the family again until Christmas. Um, so that's probably why um, they had most of them had the weekend off. Um, with that, look, you might say, hey, but they're going to be in the country for the next um, five weeks, whatever it is. Uh, yes, but look, families have day jobs from Monday to Friday um, as well. So it's yeah, to, to, to catching up with family. Uh, I, I can understand why they why, why most of the play, most of the players had a game. Or have had a weekend off, um, to be honest with you. Um, dum -dum -dum. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, it in the um, in the, uh, the the live chat. Um, uh, Simon mentioned yes, Sky Sky Sports Next do have a YouTube channel um, for community sport, but again, it's about um, uh, and and if you think about the. Uh, the um, counties versus uh, Northern game, all the cameras were there because they live, because they produced and showed the game um, straight after that, which is my 10 cup game. So they had the entire setup was sat there doing nothing. Um, <laughs> and uh, they decided not to, not to use it. Um, wow. The, now my, uh, maybe it's to do with, yeah, they paid, by the hour or something for certain people but you think they could have done at least a a knocked down version of one camera um stream for that game um yeah i think those are the sort of the hot topics in rugby from this last week i'm kind of uh, i've been all over the place to be honest with you folks as i say moving house um and you can see the, the new venue um also training to um, work on the election that starts next week um, as well. Uh, so that's been going on. Um, I'll be running a voting place um, for that. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've uh, not prepared anything else, Stephen. Where, where, no, where I, are you at? Uh, I, I suppose just before the, um, I saw Simon Hughes make a comment about in South Africa, it was good to see uh, 
some Super Rugby in uh, South Africa back up and running, and uh, obviously a couple of games over the uh, over the weekend where they uh, basically caught up. Were, were those um, were those sort of uh, semi final games or like round no, round? There's one off games to basically pre season games before the Curry Cup starts. So the double header in Pretoria. We've run. I've, I've run through the, um, the the scores earlier briefly, um, but um, yeah, no, they're, they're kind of preseason games ahead of the real stuff starting in two. And of course, next week we've got the Springbok Green versus the uh, Springbok Gold game happening as as well. That's probably going to be like a, a trial, isn't it? You there, Paul? Okay, I think I'm back. Um, the, you are. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, green and gold next week. Uh, I'm really looking for. I'm not sure when they're doing the um, uh, the selections. I've not seen the selection of the two teams. I'm really looking forward to that um, as well. On that next week, just we should probably just touch on the games that we'll be going to next weekend. Uh, so next weekend, I will be at. Bay of Plenty versus Auckland on Friday night in Rotorua. Um, so uh, if you're there, folks, do say hello. Back to level one, obviously, um, in the Bay of Plenty. So um, not the same restrictions as you have for the um, Auckland games. Um, unfortunately, I'm busy on the Sunday, so I can't get to any games. Um, but Stephen, you're planning on heading up to Northland for the uh, Farrah Palmer Cup and the Minor 10 Cup games up there. Yes, I am, Paul. I'm heading up, uh, I think, uh, Farrah Palmer Cup. The Coldy are playing the uh, uh, North North Harbour ladies in, in the uh, early game and the late game. We've got uh, Northland taking on uh, a Taranaki, probably a Taranaki team that will probably be looking to bounce back. It, it, it's certainly not going to be easy for them after that defeat because that was quite a comprehensive uh, beating they took from uh, from Otago. Uh, I, I must admit that it uh, it really surprised me the score and I'm not I'm not so surprised Otago lifted the shield, but uh, really surprised by that scoreline because it was quite comprehensive at the end of the day and I suppose it begs the question do do two players really make that much of a difference, Paul? Um, in this case, yes, I think they do. <laughs> to be honest, um, uh, the um, oh yes, so apparently the, the the two squads have been named. Um, I've just found it on ESPN, so. Uh, We'll take a, um, a look at those in a second. Um, but yeah, the Barretts clearly uh, make a big difference for that because obviously um, that he, uh, was, uh, was was still there in, in the, the lock. Um, so yeah, it's uh, uh, especially when you think Geordie Barrett's length of kicking um, in a game that I think uh, had a, a strong wind element to it. I think kicking was a big, uh, was, was, was perhaps a big piece of that and uh, you're having his boots um, could have been handy, uh, or would have been very handy on the day. Now, now, Paul, a very good good friend of mine, uh, Tim Olive, is a uh, an Auckland uh, referee, or officially ran the uh, touchline in the Auckland uh, Wellington game last week. But I wouldn't have, wouldn't mind getting a hold of Tim and just getting some clarification on uh, something I saw during the Mitre Ten Cup, and even I didn't realise that. Um, and maybe even some of our watchers and listeners can, can, can fill me in here or I'll have to go and look at a rule book. 
But I actually saw a line-out in one particular game where the line-out was, was crooked, but the other team didn't contest. And uh, I didn't see that once. I saw it again yesterday in the Allen County's Monaco Northland game where um, the ball, the Northland won a line-out which was crooked, but counties didn't contest. Is that, is that a new rule, Paul? It's not a new law, but it is an interpretation that the referees have decided to take. So yes, you won't find it in the law book, but yeah, referees, unless you unless you contest the line out, um, they're very lenient on it uh, on how straight it is. So I, I suppose the uh, so I suppose the key for everybody is somebody just jump off the ground, even if you're not going to get get to the ball. Yep. Always, 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 always contest unless unless you're expecting a a mall and you, you're down to try and. Um, uh, Okay, folks. I'm not sure if the storm is uh, is interrupting my Wi-Fi or my mobile data. Um, so hopefully, I'm we're back again. The uh, the uh, the uh, Springbok selections, so we can see them. He says, "There we go." Um, and I will just uh, try and resize my window a bit to help with the size there. There's a lot of names there that don't exactly uh, stand out. Obviously, a few that, that do stand out. The obvious names there, Khaleesi in the, uh, in the loose forwards, and, of course, Dwayne uh, Vermeulen. But there was uh, now Jura Nart. Now, I think his name is pronounced... Jurano Augustus, the number eight. Now, I can recall him being a standout for the Springbok under-20s about two or, two or three seasons ago at, at the Worlds. Very, very promising uh, loose forward. So it probably doesn't come as a surprise that he's uh, come into the frame. Hey, what's interesting, you've got players like um, Sia Khaleesi, uh, a lot from the Stormers, You've got Dwayne Vermeulen, who's uh, obviously at the Bulls, as is um, Franz, uh, Franz Stein. Stein. Um, Elson Yankees from the Lions. Um, so you, you, they've uh, they haven't picked by team. That's for certain. They haven't tried. To, they haven't tried to pick combinations, have they? Um, they really have gone for um, uh, players from all over the shop, um, which is interesting. That um, they, didn't they do the old sort of. Uh... Um, backyard sort of ball rush thing at school. We, uh, I'll pick that guy there. That guy, that guy gets picked by him. Did they do something similar like that? No, they did something like that exactly. But you, but you, you might think that one of the coaches might go. You know what? I'm going to try and pick the scrum half and the fly half from the same team to, to get my combinations in. Um, now, whether the other, whether the other coach decides to deliberately break that up, you don't know. Um, the uh, so that's that's the uh, that's the green squad on the gold side. 
uh, gone for a couple of uh, uh, maybe started by picking his props first because a couple of names there the props I recognize um, so maybe maybe that was the uh, his approach uh, thinking that he had uh, that there was other other areas that he could pick up decent players um, later on remember this saying the South African based players that are available for this not the yes, European yes, ones. Yes. Um, hence why the, yeah, there's a bunch of there's some names in here that are pardon me a lot less recognizable than others I, I like the inclusion of, of Kerwin Bosch I think he's a very very classy uh, footballer the Sharks first five and uh, that that doesn't surprise me he's a sort of sort of kid that can can slot not only into first five but also into fullback as well, Warwick Gallant from the uh, the Bulls been a, been a quite a consistent fullback for the last uh, couple of seasons in, in, in Super Rugby. So uh, yeah, these guys have definitely got uh, an, an an opportunity to to progress their claims. Uh, The uh, yeah, so so Nocturne White St. Gold team has got slightly uh, less well known players. I was thinking it's perhaps the other way around. Um, and I think, look, folks, with the connection issues that we're having, um, I think it's probably a good time for us to call it a night on this one. Um, sorry for that, folks. Uh, obviously, next Monday I'll be back in Hamilton. We'll have the old uh, Ethernet cable and uh, fiber. Um, fiber is getting installed in here next week. Um, and uh, things will improve from there. So this is a temporary glitch, folks. Um, hope you're all having uh, a wonderful start to the week. Thank you very much, Stephen, for joining me. Uh, and catch you all tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for the morning sports briefing. Lots of crossed fingers that we have uh, a good connection in the morning. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.